Welcome to From the Producer's Office, a series of informal podcasts with Opera Holland Park's Director of Opera, James Cutton. In conversation with creatives and collaborators, we explore the process of putting opera on stage and how the artists involved approach their craft. Hello, welcome to From the Producer's Office. I'm James Clutton, Director of Opera at Opera Holland Park. With me as my guest today, I've got wonderful pianist James Ballew and tenor David Buttphillip. Welcome both. Thank you. Hi. Nice, nice to have you here. Um, we're here today to talk about, we actually uh, see each other a few times digitally, but last week uh, in um, March, we're able to spend some time, the three of us together, creating some live music, uh, recording a song cycle, a recital. Uh, uh, well, I'm going to ask David to introduce it and talk about it, but we actually got to spend some time together. So David, what were we recording last week? Uh, so we decided to put together a, a, sh- uh, a very short recital consisting of one song cycle, um, and we chose uh, Vaughan Williams' The House of Life, um, one of his three uh, sort of major substantial song cycles um, written in the first decade of the 20th century. Um, Part of the reason that we chose this, the three of us discussing it together, was it's not a work that gets performed that often. Mm. Um, It's quite, uh, as I say, quite substantial, um, quite epic in its scale, and not something that you hear in a recital hall every every week. Not that anyone hears anything in recital halls at the moment, <laughs> but... Uh... It's a very good point. James, did you know it pretty well before you two started working on this? Um, I didn't actually, there's there's Silent Moon, which is the very famous, um, the very famous song of the cycle, but I, I, I to my shame, didn't know, didn't know it at all, but um, I really loved learning it, um, and... We, we we transpose it up to 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 um the tenor keys to to suit David and I think I'm surprised it hasn't been done before because yeah. it really lends itself to the soaring tenorial heights of no tenor it really like David. it really does because I I'd been when David uh, first said to me we've been talking about recital for a while haven't we but I I said to you you said to me rather about this piece and I said I've just been listening to some of it just as a as a collection of other things recently. And I didn't know that there was a tenor version, but then I talked to you about it and you said there sort of wasn't. You, you, you'd worked on it. Is that, is that right? There wasn't a tenor version? In the yeah, existence? it had never, it's never been published in a high, in a high voice key. Um, so it has almost exclusively been performed by baritones and occasionally mezzos as well. Um, but it has been performed in high keys. So there is a, a recording from the 1980s of um, the wonderful Anthony Rolf Johnson with David Willison playing the piano, um, which I have somewhere. Um, I presume that they must have have transposed it themselves or or had it transposed themselves because those versions, as far as I'm aware, are not available. Um, Mm. uh, So when I decided that I wanted to perform the piece for the first time, which was seven years ago, um, I actually paid a friend of mine to transpose them on Sibelius for me uh, into into keys that I chose. So um, the Anthony Rolf Johnson recording, I think they're all up a minor third, but when I do them, I do them all up a minor third apart from Silent Noon, which is only up a tone. Um, the reason for that was purely um, practical, which is that Silent Noon is already published in F, which is up a tone from the original. Right. So I simply use that version um, and interpolate it into the rest of them, which are transposed up a minor third. 
It's a wonderful piece. I mean, uh, words by uh, Dante Gabriel Rossetti, a beautiful piece. It says six, I should have looked at it. six different pieces, yeah, six different pieces. And um, written about 25 years before um, uh, bef before Vaughan Williams turned them in, into a musical thing. Um, I mean, they're gorgeous poems as well. Um, and when we were watching, listening to you both record, there was just this gorgeous feeling of, of um, it was a very tangible feeling of being in somewhere completely different. And I think it really fits for right now because we all want to be somewhere different and particularly outside and things like that. Um, James, you made the you know the piano sound like an orchestra anyway. I mean, it, it's got a lot of um, beautiful sounds and feelings within that piece, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, and just going back to the text briefly, I found, um, I, I really loved loved um, studying the text and actually it was, um, my partner's uh, birthday last week, and I, I ended up buying a first edition copy of the. <laughs> oh, you really? Oh, wow! Just because I thought the, the 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 words were so beautiful, and um, and yeah, so so um, it's it kind of resonated deeply with me. But that's a good present. That's <laughs> that a good present. There are there are there are a hundred of them, um, and I haven't read all of them. They're from they're from a a a, a book of a hundred sonnets by Dante Gabriel Rossetti. Um, which is sort of a, a huge uh, cycle about a cycle of sonnets about about life and the uh, the nature of love and uh, life and death. Mm -hmm. um, and it, interestingly, the six that that Vaughan Williams chose to set are all from the first part. They're in their um, the the sonnets are divided into two parts the, and the, these are all from the first part which is called youth and change yeah. um the second part which is called change and fate is quite different in tone but yeah. they the, the first part of the um the cycle of sonnets comprises a uh, the story of uh falling in love and death and losing that love and finally acceptance of death as part of life Mm. incredible incredible work and i think i'm just still trying to get my uh birthday over to james so that he knows it in advance if there's sort of yeah. present the present giving um i think that with did have you both worked on a lot of different uh or, or no rather worked on because there's not worked on a lot of vaughan williams things before yeah <laughs> yeah james you go first yeah no I've, I've played a lot of the songs and um but but Oh, and 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 um, obviously the, the the songs of travel is 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 um, his 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 most famous um, cycle, yeah. but this this cycle reminds me a lot of a kind of Elgar C pictures or something. It's got that that really epic feel to it, and um, it's deeply orchestral, really really soaring. Yeah. It's um, it just feels like really substantial, like David said. Um, and the pieces that they're, they're, they're big pieces and really they're really meaty and nice to kind of throw yourself into. Yeah, David. For you, you worked on a lot of different things. Yeah, well, I, I mean, I, I used to be a baritone, and Vaughan Williams, when you're a baritone, is the absolute dream. Um, there's so much wonderful repertoire from this period for baritones, particularly Vaughan Williams. And I did um, back in the day. I did many, many times the songs of travel, uh, the five mystical songs, which was a bit of a, a specialist piece of mine, and. Um, also, uh, I've done Hodier, the, the Christmas cantata that he wrote. And I'm trying to think of, I never did the Sea Symphony. 
um, which is a shame, but, but most of the big stuff that he wrote for Baritone, I, I did many times. Yeah. Um, I've also, also did The Pilgrim's Journey, which is the small reduced cantata based on the Pilgrim's process, mm-hmm. um, progress. Uh, I did, did that a couple of times. So yeah, lo- loads and loads. And in fact, I, when I was first getting into classical music as a, as a sort of teenager, it was this period of English music that mm. really first got me excited. Mm. Um, this uh, Vaughan Williams, Howells, Gurney, Butterworth, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I remember one of the first recordings of, of grown-up proper singing that I ever owned was the, this amazing disc of Thomas Allen uh, singing the songs of travel in the orchestral version with right. Simon Rattle and the CBSO from, the, from about 1984, I think. Um, and I was utterly addicted to that record. I used to listen to it over and over and over again. Mm. Um, with beautiful, beautiful stuff. But I think, it, you know, we, we've talk, we want people to listen to this. We're going to give some details at the end, but we are releasing this online in the middle of april we'll, we'll t- talk some details about that later on but it was you know it's an incredibly visual thing that you that vaughan williams and the pair of you painted we, as i said earlier on we were few of us were lucky enough to be there socially distanced watching you and listening to you record and uh just before we started recording james and i here were talking about um just that feeling of missing being in a recital uh, concert hall and just seeing things together. And me and my team were all like, oh, wasn't that lovely? That's amazing. It was just really lovely to experience that again. Um, James, you were saying to me earlier, but you, you've missed being in, playing in and watching other people in, in concerts, yeah? Yeah, I mean, I think that especially song recitals, it's it's about um, telling stories, storytelling. and. Um, that always just makes more sense if you can see and, and connect directly to the to the audience. Yeah. And like I said before, you know, I just I've just come from the Royal Academy of Music where I teach um and was able to be an in the audience today with as a student recital. There were just 20 of us. Um and just the feeling of collectively listening was really, really something that you realize that you that I've missed. And yeah. um it the the sort of sound of people listening was incredibly loud today because everyone was just, you know, and it 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 it's um energizes you in a very different way so yeah. where the digital stuff has been great and and it's 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 you know it's what we've we've been able to do during this strange time but to be able to connect to an audience is what we train to do and what makes yeah sense. yeah although this particular digital thing is wonderful this this particular digital one, but, yeah, but, but yeah no i think that uh definitely and i mean i was saying uh, earlier on david as well that the one of the things i've missed the most is that feeling at the end of a performance at holland park where you can people coming past you leaving to go home and they're all talking to each other about what they've just seen because as long as they've been well behaved they haven't been able to talk during the performance so they're saying oh i loved him i loved her or whatever it's that that shared experience of seeing something and then talking about it afterwards is um is is just a wonderful thing uh, david how much i know you some of this but anyone listening to this wouldn't know how much have you been singing in this enforced uh, period of of non-performance as such um on and off it's been it's been mixed um i consider myself extremely lucky that i have managed to do in the last 12 months two staged productions wow. and uh maybe f- four um sort of high level concerts and that's about it so which is probably half to a third of what i would have 
yeah like to what I would have would otherwise have been doing but it's still a hell of a lot more than the vast majority of my friends and colleagues a lot of whom have have been literally without any work at all for 12 months um so actually I haven't done too badly although it is I was just looking at my calendar the other day it's now five months since I was last in a proper rehearsal room right. um uh, I d- I've done I've done three concerts in that time mm-hmm. but I haven't done a, a staged opera rehearsal since the end of October right. um where were the two where were the two actual gigs the, the full the two the two there? the two stage productions I did were in the autumn during the period where where people were working a bit more where I was very fortunate to be involved in the wonderful um English National Opera, Drive and Live, La Boheme, Alexandra Palace. And then I was uh, almost even more fortunate to be uh, in a, a fabulous new Christophe Loy production for Rosalca at the Teatro Real in Madrid, uh, which, at, which at the time that we were performing in November was more or less the only uh, major opera house in the Western world still functioning. <laughs> Fantastic. That is a great bit of timing. It's a lovely yeah. piece with Alka as well. Amazing, yeah. One of my favourite roles, um, yeah. one that I enjoy very much. Yeah, yeah. No, it's it's, it's a really good thing. But singing uh, back in in this environment that we were last week, and and James, I'll come to you afterwards about playing. Um, what was it like in that sort of more intense where it's just you and and James uh, performing a song cycle in a in a room? We, we recorded this at Leighton House, which anyone listening is a beautiful house in West London, uh, not far from our um, not far from our Poland Park. Um, what was it like singing again in that sort of intimacy? Lovely. Um, and I haven't done anything. I mean, I haven't I haven't done a, a recital or anything with piano for the whole year. A um, couple of orchestral concerts, but um, to have a sort of to to have a, a a duo vibe happening live in a room was a lot of fun. And James and I have known each other a very long time. We were students together, and um, we've worked together on and off over sort of I don't know like uh, 12 years or so and um, it's just fun to to play uh, which is really what most of us are in this for is a sort of a sense of play between colleagues um, between musicians creating something sometimes spontaneous sometimes considered and discussed but just making music and performance happen in a room Um, and it sounds like such a simple thing and if we'd had this conversation a year ago we would have sounded completely mad (laughs) but uh, (laughs) but but we've you know obviously we've all missed that of course we have yeah it's, it's an incredible thing I mean I think James how did the pair of you rehearse this as such because obviously you know could you get together to do it well I mean I think the the the, the guidelines state that if you if you you need to rehearse you have to rehearse so we rehearsed it at, at, at my house um here and um it wasn't a yeah. trick question don't worry I'm not gonna <laughs> there was a... yeah, I mean part part of, I will I will admit that one consideration when when you ask me who we should get to play the piano for this gig <laughs> was that I I had a pretty good idea that James was in London and I mm. knew already that he had 
that he has a house with a grand piano in it yeah. where he is able to work and rehearse during the day um, yeah. and again that sounds like sounds like a simple thing but the problem is that these days it, try, finding somewhere to rehearse is extremely difficult yeah. Um, yeah. if you don't have the space available to you immediately yeah. um, because because a lot of the the spaces in ta in town that we would usually use to rehearse are simply yeah. not available at the moment Indeed, and 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 other and other things that we're rehearsing, and we and I know you, David, as well as you know, we've been doing some rehearsals at some of our friends and supporters' house. Uh, Leslie McLeod Miller, one of them, is a great supporter of ours. That's been helping people like us out, and it's just yeah. really fabulous to to have people step forward and say, okay, we can make this happen. We can try and do something in all within regulations, but just and clearing the place and everything, but just be able to do that. Um, so that was great. So yeah, so James, have you been able to do much in the in the enforced uh, year as well? Um, a bit like David, kind of on and off. I think that again, doing what I do, which is norm uh, chambery smaller groups, um, those 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 opportunities have, have been more more ubiquitous than the the big the big operatic and orchestral things, just simply because you know it's it's a it's yeah. reduced numbers. So I also feel quite fortunate that I have that I have had um, work to do. Um, but what's uh, what has been nice is obviously because it's been reduced in amount. There's a lot more rehearsal and care and whatever for for the project that we do have, and yeah. that's something I really want to take forward into the new yeah. normal if it ever comes. Um, yeah. Is that that's that's why we do this because we love we love making music, we love performing, we love rehearsing, and um, yeah. I think a little bit I got onto this conveyor belt of just going from one thing to the next and and jumping yeah. on planes and and you sort of forget the care and attention that 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 time gives you. Yeah. Um, so, very so, good, very interesting. I think you're absolutely right, bang on on that. And I think it is difficult to, in this enforced year though, to it's good to have taken some lessons from it. You know, I think we all have, if we've done anything, it's just try and take what, what we want out of it and, and also what we're prepared to put in. I think it's absolutely right that time. Although sometimes time goes the other way because you know you can if you've got a deadline and you need to do it, you, it forces things. But on the whole, I think that, the time to care and, and take that attention is wonderful. Um, what I was going to say to you as well is with uh, being filmed, uh, David, Simon Wall from Torwall Media, is, who works with us a lot at Pollen Park, filmed this. Uh, you've worked with him before, I know. Um, what's that relationship like when you're, when you're with a filmmaker, but, you know, just, and especially when you're on your own in a, in a recital, just the two of you? That's, obviously, you need a lot of trust, but how is that for you as the performer? It's one of those things that um, I, I'm still, you know, I'm a, I'm a live performance junkie. I don't do a huge, I haven't done a vast amount of recording. Um, although obviously this year more than, than any other, we've done a lot more uh, videoed and, and, and audio recorded stuff because that's what's been available. But um, obviously when you're doing something like this, which is quite an intimate setup, you're trying to create an atmosphere as a duo and really what you're looking for in a, 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 a filmmaker or videographer who, who records something like that is somebody who will disappear into the background yeah. and just make it happen. Yeah. And capture something that you're already 
doing because you don't have a in a in a in a setting like that you don't have a director or i mean we had you there but as a as a producer but we we don't have anyone telling us where to look or saying cut or action you know yeah. it's very much uh it's very much a, we have a discussion between us and then we get on with it and, yeah. and simon's job um which he's become an expert at over the years because he's worked a lot in classical music and this kind of setting is to capture what's happening in the room while being as passive as possible basically yeah. Yeah, and it seemed to work. It seemed to work very well from from me as I said, I'm certainly not the director on it. I was very just to be honest. I wasn't even the producer so much that day. It was an audience member just pleased to yeah. be in the room, he'd see you two uh, and listen to you two perform. But James, for you as well, with with being filmed, does that bring a different thing to it, especially with such an intimate surrounding? I think that that um, it does it does make you think about about um, a, the a more visual aspect of performance. Um, and I think probably my playing is a little bit more gestural on camera than than it, it that it might right. than, it, than than in in a kind of real life environment. But I think people don't realize how hard Simon's job is and how good he is at it, because yeah, um, it's amazing. He manages to capture, as David says, the performance, but also the atmosphere of the of the room, which is very special. And um, you know that very precious little room in Lord Leighton's house and kind of perfect yeah. for recitals and, and for it is perfect mm -hmm. place isn't it for that i mean he used yeah. to hold musical soirees there back in the day late in himself and it and it still has that feel it looks right and acoustically for you both how was it no one's ever entirely happy entirely happy with an acoustic because that's because <laughs> we're fussy like that but it's um I, I let's say that I would always, always prefer a room that is slightly too resonant to a room that is not resonant enough. <laughs> um, uh, and um, and the, the because of the amount of wood in the room at Leighton House, it does have a, a lovely, easy resonance where you really feel like you can take a lot of risks with the dynamics and you don't have, yeah. you never ever feel inclined to push or force anything. No, it, it sounded it sounded really wonderful. Okay, well, I think we're going to put it out. It's going out on the um, in April to our members first, and then and then general public. But for now, it was just an absolute pleasure and real privilege being in the room with you uh, a couple of weeks ago to record this. So for now, James and David, thank you both so much, and see you very very soon. Thank you. Thank you. You have been listening to From the Producer's Office, a series of informal podcasts with James Clutton. For more information on Opera Holland Park, please visit www.operahollandpark.com. <laughs>